eventually developed cirrhosis of the liver for no other reason than he did not change before he had to. The doctor eventually said, if you take another drink, it's going to take you out. back to another 20 Minutes of Winning. I'm Dave Ketchin here with Larry Thornton. Larry, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Loving these podcasts and uh, just believing with all of my heart that it has something to offer to so many of our listeners. Thank you. Um, We encourage everybody to subscribe through YouTube or one of the podcast platforms. We also encourage folks to check out uh, whynotwin.org for some of the other uh, Why Not Win Institute uh, portfolio of offerings. And I think it's important to mention at least once, and I'll do it now, Why Not Win Institute is a nonprofit organization. And uh, certainly you and I are not getting paid to do this. (laughs) Oh, really? Other than the, intrin- the intrinsic <laughs> rewards of spending time together. Thanks for letting me know. I was <laughs> expecting a big check, man. Well, <laughs> maybe someday. <laughs> <laughs> so today we're talking about winning by changing before you have to. Wow. I think about somebody like uh, Clint Eastwood, who started out doing Westerns and um, military movies. Very talented. Well, yeah, but, you know, he started out as kind of a B actor and then evolved into really deep roles, became a director. Directing movies. Yes. Won Best Picture as director from the Academy Awards. So, I mean, he's had just a remarkable career. And still going. Still going. Still going. At a very advanced age. But he evolved along the way. And I would contrast that with somebody like uh, Charles Bronson, who starred in uh, Death Wish in the 1970s, right around the time Clint Eastwood was doing Dirty Harry movies. Very similar characters. Charles Bronson never evolved, and his career just sort of faded away. So as you've said, we're all in business for ourselves. We need to evolve. As individuals. As individuals. But I'll bet you, Dave, that uh, being in the business that you're in, you could probably think of a company or two that didn't reinvent itself and missed its end as a result. Can you think of one or two? Yeah. I mean, there's lots of uh, examples of that. One that's very personal to me would be Sears because I was a third generation Sears employee. Oh, wow. Sears had dominated retailing for about a hundred years. But even when I was there in the late eighties, early nineties, you could look around and see that the company was floundering, that uh, this small upstart from Arkansas named Walmart was starting to really dominate them in any market that they entered. And, um, of course, now Sears is a, a shell of what it once was, 
One yeah. thing, one thing that many people don't realize is a lot of Sears success was built around their catalog business. Yeah. You probably remember getting their Christmas remember, catalog. My mother did. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the postal workers hated those Christmas catalogs because they were so <laughs> heavy. Um, but Sears shut down its catalog business about two or three years before Amazon was launched on the internet. That close. Right. But they didn't have the forethought. Yep. Like what Wayne Gretzky has this famous quote, skate to where the puck is headed. Not, <laughs> I love it. Not where the puck is. And Sears focused on where the puck was, not where the puck was heading. The so puck yeah, was going. Sears could right. become Amazon with a little bit of yep. foresight. People do not move to where the puck is headed. We tend to become secondary and we do what everybody else is doing and we move in the direction that everybody else is moving. And I, I make the point all the time, if we don't stop that, we'll end in that. My dad drank excessively and he eventually developed cirrhosis of the liver for no other reason than he did not change before he had to. The doctor eventually said, if you take another drink, it's going to take you out. But what if he had changed prior to that? There are so many genres of discussion that we could have around this piece, but I just love the idea of understanding the reality of working hard on yourself. Uh, someone said that we should work harder on ourselves than we do on any job. What an awesome philosophy of thinking that I'm going to improve me. And if I were to look at my life that started out my professional life as a school teacher, wanted to teach school for the rest of my life. It was my thing. <clears throat> I loved it. School teachers had shaped my life. And so I loved it. But because I was a great school teacher and worked for that great position, then it led to another opportunity. I moved to Coca-Cola and I'm directing the sign department. But because I was not satisfied with just status quo, I wanted to have the best department ever. Well, people began to notice that. Now I move into director of business development. And because I wanted to be a great director, you know, now other people, mind you, they will call that luck. But you and I know that luck is only when opportunity meets preparedness. And opportunity is there all along. We're just not prepared for the opportunity. So what if we changed before we had to? What if we learn those new words deliberately? intentionally. Uh, my senior English teacher would be surprised to know that I choose two words a week. My words this week is copious. And, you know, you've heard the words, but I've not had any intimate relationship necessarily with them. And I want to learn them and I find a way to use them during the week. Uh, <clears throat> another word is culpable. You know, now we know that that means that you're kind of deliberately guilty of something. You were involved, you know, but how do we become intimately involved with that. Well, there are listeners who will say, well, what in God's name does that have to do with business? 
it has everything to do with business. Individual who can command the English language can pretty much write his or her ticket. I love the way Earl Nightingale talks about it. You can ride in the fanciest car. You can wear the fanciest clothes, live in the biggest house. But I love to hear him go through this, this missive. But the moment that he or she opens his or her mouth, he or she proclaims to the world his or her place on this socio and educational, you know, just by a few spoken words can gain you access or you can be denied. So words are important, but learning, changing before you have to. There's, as I said, so much more to all of us if we only knew that we didn't have to follow the crowd. We have to break away from that. So as you know, I went to Penn State and uh, Penn State yeah. had, had a legendary football coach named uh, Joe Paterno. Yep. And one of his uh, phrases that he was known for was, you're getting better or you're getting worse, but you're not uh, staying the same. If everything is moving and you're standing still, then you inadvertently are automatically <laughs> kind of falling behind. I think it's fair to say that the bar for success just continues to rise. Yep. Wouldn't it be wonderful if the bar were to go down? <laughs> there's this famous uh, story of a, uh, a speaker in front of a very broad audience of business leaders, executives. And uh, he asked them, uh, raise your hand if the industry you compete in is not super competitive and super difficult to succeed. So yep. out of all these hundreds of people, one hand goes up in the air and the speaker says to him, wow, what business are you in? He said, I run the Panama Canal. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> So if you run the Panama Canal, the bar for yep. success is probably not increasing. Yep. You have a pretty good situation. Yep, absolutely. The, it's, 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 the bar is always going up. The bar is always moving. And uh, uh, you must be familiar with this little book, Who Moved My Cheese? You know, such a beautiful uh, message that's coming out of that. Move with the cheese. And I can't tell you the number of people who are still hanging around Cheese Station Inn, <clears throat> waiting for the cheese to return, uh, hemming and hawing, and not moving with the cheese. There's a critical moment where you decide to give up a, a really successful career with Coca-Cola United to become a McDonald's franchisee. Um, that's a risky decision. That's a decision a lot of people wouldn't have made. A lot of people would have just stayed with Coca-Cola United and had a really nice career. What's the thing that really drove you to make that change when you, you really didn't have to? I've never wanted to be any more than I am. Uh, I think we've all been around people who uh, perpetrated that, uh, who appear to be more than they are, than, than, than they were. Uh, they're difficult to be around. So I never wanted to be that guy. But Dave, more than anything, I never wanted to be any less than I could be. 
And because of all of the experience that I gained at Coca-Cola, I'm thinking, man, I'd like to do a traditional business. But to your point, I'd already met the criteria. My parents didn't raise me to do what I'm doing today. They raised me to get the best education I could possibly get, get the best job I could possibly get. And so I'd done that, you know, got a business card with my name next to the most recognized trademark in the world. But I kept having these two o'clock in the morning yearnings for traditional business, yet no MBA, no stuff, got a degree in art, actually. But I believe I can do it. I want to do it. So my uncle comes to me, Dave, and he has this talk and he's having this sit down, serious conversation. And he says to me, boy, you're going to leave a good job to the point that you just made and step out here in all of this headache. And that was daunting. Uh, It was intimidating. But I felt that I could do it and thought that I was ready, even though I'd never seen a P&L, didn't understand balance sheets, never had an attorney business-wise, never had incorporated anything, never had any need for an accountant. But if you have mastered relationship skills and you've developed winning relationship skills, and I like to think that I had, um, you can find people who will want to help you and assist you. And that's been the story of my life. And so stepping out into that, attempting to do what no Black person had ever done in Birmingham, given the 56, 57% demo that we live in, I'm going to take this on. And I do with a whole lot of stuff that we don't have time to talk about, but you know, to, to see it happen. So once you have that conquest and you, you, you made it work or you're making it work, now there's a second store. And then there's a third store. And so today we have seven stores. Then there's the community that you want to go back and share now. How did you do this? And people were coming, wanting to talk to you about it. And we find time to do that. I can tell you uh, more civic associations that I'm involved in today. And you you know about a lot of those. Uh, I can't tell you that as a businessman, (laughs) I'll get to the end of a day, Dave, and I'll ask the question. Did I make any money today? Because you, you've been out. But, but it's all about not just your winning, but creating winning circumstances and opportunities for other people. That's where the best, that's where the community piece comes in. And so I wanted so badly to share these traits and these nuances, these rudiments of thought, these processes of thinking that lead to a winning experience that I wrote a book about it with no greater ambition than to just share information. Well, look at what happened with the book, Dave. We're here doing a podcast called what? 20 Minutes of Winning, all spinoff from this book, the Why Not Win Institute that we talk about. And I suspect that it's not over yet. Why is that? Because I'm going to change for the rest of my life before I have to. Well, and I dare say, had you stuck with Coca-Cola, there would be no book, there would be no institute, there would be no podcast. Absolutely, absolutely. And not for me, we've not made a dime on this, which is not for profit, 
it's all about giving. And, and I can do a whole session on what happens when you are giving back to the community. Uh, I, I happen to believe, Dave, that our success in life, and I hope that this piece will be captured by our listeners, our success in life will be inextricably linked to the extent of our capacity for creating successful opportunities for those around us. That is so important. It was Zig Ziglar who said, you can have anything you want in life as long as you're willing to help enough other people get what they want. That's where your success is. We always like to leave folks with a couple of uh, thoughts or talking points. So the first one today is uh, don't be afraid to try something new, whether that's a a new career or a new diet or a new relationship. Uh, Be bold. Put yourself out there. Nothing ever happened in a dramatically positive way without taking that first step and making yourself vulnerable. The second, uh, which is closely related, is to learn from other folks' evolution. So I, I know some of my former students have come to you because they've been interested in becoming franchisees for other chains. Yep. And gone out to lunch with you and said, Larry, I just want to pick your brain. You've gone through this evolution. You've made these changes and been successful with them. What sort of advice can you give me? And so, of course, there's this familiar phrase, no man is an island. We need to uh, reach out to people who are successful, let them be our role models, let them be our mentors. Yep. Yep. Locking yourself in can be quite dangerous. Um, Closing people out can be quite dangerous. Case in point, I would visit my aunt but it's easy to say, what do I know? She lived to be 107 years old. Wow. But I would go over to see her, Dave, and she would want me to get these lunches for her. Could eat anything. Could eat anything all the way up until the time that she passed. But I noticed that she had these nothing short of about eight to 10 locks on her door. And I was always concerned because she felt that she needed that many locks. And I would just watch her as she's closing the door and locking in a key here, you know. But if she ever needed to get out of the house, and thankfully that was never the case that we ever heard of, but it's just something for us to think about. You know, she couldn't feel safe without having that many locks. And she didn't use a bank either, Dave. (laughs) I guess she had gone through the Great Depression. So, the amount of cash that this lady had in her house would just, you'd think she was a drug dealer. (laughs) And she had it in cans and under mattress. It was just, but, you know, that was her backdrop. But uh, I never forgot that illustration. Eight locks. And yes, you surely will keep the perpetrators out. But what if you needed to get out uh, and need to get out in a timely fashion? So it's just something to think about. Change before you have to. Little things like drink that extra glass of water, walk that extra mile, you know, read that extra book, you know, the book Think and Grow Rich. You know, just think about that. How many people might have moved closer to in that direction 
but they missed the book. They didn't read the book. Nobody is going to assign it to you. Now, today, now my teacher tried to assign words to me, vocabulary. Uh, you know, I didn't do very well on those tests. But I understand now the secret sauce to success, and it has to do more with what we're talking about on this podcast, changing deliberately before you're put in a position where you have to.